Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 106. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. Not not so much obscure stuff this week, actually. Um, I've actually been kind of trying to clean up some uh, some leftover mess in my collection. Um, if, if you weren't around in, like, 2017 or so... Um, I, I kind of had this problem with a lot of games and some franchises I liked between Zelda, Final Fantasy, Resident Evil, and Nier. I think those are the, the big ones off the top of my head, but, uh, I ended up not really liking most of these games and, and I finished Nier and I finished Zelda and, um, I'm blanking on what other ones there were, but, but Final Fantasy and Resident Evil, I kind of put aside at the time to, to... I just got busy with other things, and so it just wasn't really a focus. And with with Final Fantasy XV in particular, I I just didn't really find a sense of direction in that game. Um, But I started up recently, Final Fantasy XV up recently again, and uh, basically instead of starting the whole game over, because I did put like a good 10 hours into the game, I just went on YouTube and and watched some of the cutscenes and stuff, um, and just kind of kind of quit quit course uh, reminder course of of how that game. works in terms of the story at least or, or i guess where the story has gone in that game the story so far i think this is they did in final fantasy 13 too if you didn't play a game uh long enough they would uh whenever you come back they'd give you like a a summary of the last events of the game so noel would be like the story so far and it would basically play a bunch of clips from a bunch of random cutscenes. there's like a period between 20 like sometime like late that late xbox 360 and ps3 j- uh, era where a lot of JRPGs were doing that it was like, hey, let's remind you of what's ha- happened up until this point. I'm not sure why that happened. Quick, quick aside though, I guess, um, or not really quick. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so I got back into 15. I put another like hour and a half into it, so not a lot. I want to, I want to put some more time into it this Memorial Day weekend. Um, and yeah, I, I'm still kind of feeling how I felt about it before, which I don't, I don't think the podcast are on when I, when I played it back then, but, uh, basically, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the battle system so far, uh, in playing that game. I just, there's not a lot of depth going on. And I feel like even in like, a the sense of a Final Fantasy game, it's, it's very restrictive in what's happening. Maybe because it is more of like a melee action game, but it's, it's, it's strange because it's basically you just hold down the button to attack. Uh, and then hold on the button to dodge, and then sometimes they put a big prompt on your screen to parry, and the parry window is pretty big for the most part. And at that point, the only other two skills you really seem to have are use a warp strike, which burns MP, or tell your party members to to do a special skill, which sometimes would like trigger a quick time event for you to do some extra damage. And there's spells in the game too, and maybe I'm just like mixing spells poorly, but uh, I I find that I use my spells and I use them fast enough that I don't typically have them in my inventory anymore. So I, I don't feel like spells are like a reliable resource for me right now. Because uh, they're consumable uh, items, as far as I can tell. So, like, you use your spell, and then and then they're gone. Uh, and you got to make some more using the elements in the, the field. So, so yeah, spending some time with that. You know, I think the big thing about Final Fantasy XV that I like a lot is just that the dialogue between the characters is really good. I really like the, like fatherly and motherly figures that Gladio and uh, Ignis kind of are for Noctis and Prompto is kind of like like a, a, a brother type character it's like a little family that's going around almost uh it's a it's a fun little little trip and uh I want to spend more time with the game I I'm only 10 hours in still or like closer to like 12 hours in after I played that hour and a half 
Um, so I, I still think there's a lot of room for me to kind of turn around on the game. JRPGs, I feel like the first 10 hour, 10 to 15 hours don't necessarily mean, you know, if you don't like it at that time that you'll like, won't like the game overall. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 is a great example that I feel like that game really starts picking up around like 10, 12 hours. Um, and then, uh, and then 20 ish hours or so, they just completely let you go and like, okay, goodbye, my child, you can do the combat now. Um, so, so I definitely, I definitely have a lot of hope that 15 will, will, will grow on me more. Or, or if I, if I continue to dislike parts, parts of the game, I, I, that I continue to kind of learn what makes them interesting. We'll see though. We'll see. I, uh, there's a lot of content to that game. I'm a little worried that I'll never play any of the DLC for it, but you know, we'll see. We're, let's get through the main game first and foremost. So other than that, though, so the other game that was kind of in that, like, that, I think it was 2017 or 2016 year of uh, games that were in these big franchises that I liked that I kind of fell off of was Resident Evil 7. And um, I talked about Resident Evil 7 a little bit last week, but uh, I started streaming it again recently. The first couple of hours of the game, I, I really wasn't enjoying it. If you if you go watch that original stream, I was incredibly frustrated by the end and, and kind of unhappy with the game. Um, I think the very beginning of the game is just really poorly designed. I think they're trying to teach you, A, uh, that fighting is futile um, and that you should run. But they also kind of make it so it's running is rarely effective either. So it just feels like you're kind of being punished at all times for something you can't really help prevent or anything like that and so I really think that part of the first part of the game is incredibly frustrating and the second uh, stream I did basically like the the second house in that game is like basically different houses depending on the uh the part of the game you're in uh the second house I think has some of those elements still where it's like oh there's these bugs that you can't really get past without destroying their nests but you know you don't have the resources to really destroy their nests effectively the first time you run into them so you're just kind of forced to take damage from the bugs um, and, and so I feel like, I feel like the beginning of the game just has a really hard time of just not like, of letting the player play the game effectively. I think they are constantly punishing the player for doing the things correctly. And, and I think that's just like not very good design overall, but last stream, the, the last stream I did, it was actually really, really enjoyable. I actually pretty much my opinion on the game, at least the second half of the game really turned around is like, there's this area in particular that aesthetically is incredibly different than the rest of the game. It's like these very bright areas that are filled with booby traps. And so it really requires the player to, to be attentive to their environment, but not in the way that is like, oh, I'm trying to avoid you know being cheaply hit or something like that it's 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 very like hey you can dodge all this damage for the most part the big thing is is you just need to be aware of your environment in order to do it and i think the game really rewards you for playing uh nice or playing well at that time um and then it's also like a an escape room puzzle that's actually really fun and then you get to kind of revisit the escape room puzzle and kind of do it again the right way the second time. There's no real right way to do it the first time. You, the right way is still the bad way. You essentially watch this video of this dude who who gets messed up during the escape room part. And then so when you actually get to the escape room, you can skip the steps that uh, actually were like saw-like traps where it's like, oh, you know, you need to get this quill so you can get the puppet to, to write the password but um, when to get that quill, you have to like explode this balloon filled with nails and stuff. 
uh, to, to, and it like, you know, messes the, the guy in the video up. But as you, as the player, you already know what the password is. So you're just like, oh, well, I don't have to do that exploding quill thing. I can just go and, and, uh, put the password in and get past that and then, uh, not die. <laughs> so, so yeah, I really like that, that third part of the game. And then there's like a fourth section that I kind of started exploring on the stream, which I think is fine. It's kind of like the traditional, towards the end of game resident evil like here's the action part where you got an smg and you're gonna run through these environments um and you know it's still you still have to play conservatively so that it's definitely rewards you for for not just you know spamming bullets the whole time or, or rather not rewards you but you know you're still pretty short on ammo so you have to still be careful um so it, you kind of hit that part of the game, which I think is fine. It's, it's not bad, but it just doesn't really add anything either. Um, it's just kind of there, but it's it's mainly like a flashback to kind of give you some more story of of how how the situation happened at the the main house or or whatever. So um, James in the chat basically said uh, during the stream, uh, basically said we had like an hour, hour and a half left of the game. So hopefully we'll finish that up uh, in the near future. Um, Lost Reavers is shutting down next week which is the wii u hack and slash like kind of online grind fest multiplayer game it's shutting down actually on thursday uh may 30th so I, we're gonna go ahead and try to stream lost reavers on thursday but depending on when the game actually goes offline we may not be able to play it that day so um <clears throat> so we may or may not finish up Resident Evil 7 next week, depending on on the status of Lost Reavers. Because if Lost Reavers is down, we'll just go ahead and finish up Resident Evil 7, hopefully. Um so yeah, I'm really I'm really happy. Like I I sometimes get a lot of flack from some people who who kind of get upset with me for kind of putting myself through games that I get upset with. Like a, a great example is like Kirby. Um, where I, I originally was not a big fan of Kirby at all. I, I kind of was very negative on the Kirby franchise, but after putting enough time into that series, I literally learned to appreciate what it was and come to enjoy what that was. So, so you know, Resident Evil 7, the beginning of that game, I, I really actively disliked that game. I thought it was a bad game. or Maybe I didn't think it was a bad game, but I knew something wasn't matching up for me. And And, you know, what I've learned from playing through the game now is I don't think... I don't think I particularly learned anything new that makes the beginning of the game more bearable or something like that. I just think I understand now where the the original part or the beginning of the game kind of fails in communicating the information I I needed to know in terms of like, oh, what my expectations are should be in terms of like, you know, escaping this dude and stuff because I because I think reality is is that this dude's just gonna beat the crap out of you and you're just gonna have to lose the resources that you have and that's just you gotta accept it it's just gonna happen um which I think is a very very like if you've been playing Resident Evil games for a long time is not something not a mindset you really want to accept so maybe it's kind of subverting that to some extent but but I think it's a game that just punishes you all the time for the first like you know three hours three to four hours uh and then finally lightens it up and actually gives you the tools to to be successful in the uh in playing the game which i think is i think you know i think a lot of people will probably disagree with me on that because resident Evil 7 is a very well received game but um you know i'd be curious to i maybe i should go and like watch some more traditional reviews of that game and and see kind of the the position people took on that early game stuff but 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 I can legitimately say that I, I I probably came out with the best case scenario with this game where where not only do I understand you know 
why I don't like the game, but I also came away with the, uh, at least so far, have came away with a, a great appreciation for what the game does do right, which uh, was important to me. And the entire entire reason I played Resident Evil Seven again and put up with the first like four hours of it because I, I wanted to get to this point and I was I was able to and I'm it's, it's exciting. It's always exciting when when like you know I I, get, I can sit down and be like ah yes I got exactly what I wanted out of this game, even though I knew it was going to be somewhat suffering for a while. <laughs> And that's kind of it for for games I've been playing. Uh, it's been a pretty light week for me this week. Um, I, I finished up Travis Strikes Again last weekend, so I'm gonna have a quick play stream going up for that. I feel like Travis Strikes Again uh, overall is is an okay game. I I, I think I, I did end up being kind of the opposite of everyone else, where I thought the game started strong and then it ended kind of mediocre. Uh, I think other people typically said the game started weak but then became stronger as it went on. Um, I think I think just that first level has a lot of variety in it in a way that I like a lot. And then the later levels, they definitely have some variety between the different levels. But the, the levels themselves are are kind of lengthy. They're, they're about like an hour, hour and a half, depending on depending on the, the level. But uh, but it's all kind of like an hour, an hour and a half of the same mechanic over and over again um, within that level. So, so they become a bit more, they drag on a bit more compared to the first level. So, so I'm doing a quick play stream for Travis Strikes again. That should be going up this week. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise though, there is some game news that I want to go ahead and chat about. Particularly that there was some Nintendo mobile game news going around. Particularly Mario Kart Tour, um, which, which is interesting looking game. It's a very, uh, basically it's a Mario Kart game for mobile phones where you, you are basically just racing. It's basically just Mario Kart, um, but you use your thumb pad to kind of like slide your cart rider around, or like to, that's like how you turn. Um, the the footage I saw was mainly running pretty slow. I'm gonna guess there's different CCs, but maybe it's slower depending because of the you know the touch inputs. Um, and it looked it looked okay. Um, it didn't look a uh, maybe the maybe the best thing to say about it is that it looks surprisingly like Mario Kart. I feel like a lot of the Nintendo mobile stuff kind of is this weird um um like a um, conversion of what the Nintendo IP is like Animal Crossing doesn't quite look like Animal Crossing Fire Emblem doesn't quite look like Fire Emblem this Mario Kart Tour game more or less just kind of looks like Mario Kart <laughs> um it's a little it looks a little awkward uh but you know I'm sure over time they'll probably end up end up cleaning it up um it, it, it I, I think they did say that it was kind of microtransaction heavy from the impressions that I saw, but thinking about it now, I don't think I read a lot of those impressions, actually. I think I just kind of watched the video. <laughs> um, but I do think it's kind of interesting that I don't feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm around Nintendo's mobile uh, game space very much. Um, there, uh, The reason why I think it's kind of surprising is that when this stuff was originally, you know, announced, like, around the time Miitomo and stuff was, was coming out, I feel like there's a lot of just, like, oh, Nintendo is gonna just, like, take this market by storm and... And I believe when when Nintendo announced they're doing mobile games, people, you know, stock prices shot up and all that stuff. And thinking about the the successes Nintendo has had on on mobile, it seems like they're definitely profitable. I don't think that's a question. Uh, uh, Fire Emblem seems to be doing very well, uh, as well as Animal Crossing seems to be kind of like a I don't know if it, I would call it like a silent hit. Like I feel like Animal Crossing had a really big boom in the conversation around the space. 
but I do see some uh, some ongoing uh, chatter about the game. And as far as I can tell, you know, I, I'm not a financial guy when it comes to, you know, how much money a game needs to make to to stay, you know, valuable and worth the time, especially when it comes to mobile games. Um, but it seems like it was it was bringing a decent income last time Nintendo reported the, 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 the numbers coming in. Uh, and then Dragalia's Lost as well seemed to be doing uh, fairly well. Dragalia's Lost being an original IP, so there's not really anything to compare it to per se. Uh, I never ended up checking that one out. I, I always wanted to. I'm a big fan of like hack and slash RPGs, so so I probably should give it a look. But I I think I more and more am kind of turning away from service based games just because they take up so much time. Ugh. Um, and they they kind of demand you to you know plan your life around them sometimes. Although here things like Grand Blue Fantasy and things like that uh, are a lot more flexible. Where it's like, hey, you can kind of set certain time ranges which you'll be active, so you can do certain events that typically in like a Puzzles and Dragons or something would be like you've got to do this between five a.m. and and six a.m. Good luck. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it's. Uh, uh, the, uh, other than Mitomo and Super Mario Brothers Run, those two seem to be kind of the weakest leaks uh, links in the uh, Nintendo mobile game space. I they also announced there's like a Pokemon Rumble game coming out. I don't know how successful those games are, but they do keep putting them out. So apparently people are buying them. I imagine they're fairly cheap to to actually make, but but I could be wrong. Uh, I'll be curious to see if that's successful in any way. I think when people are like, oh, Nintendo's doing a, a Pokemon mobile game outside of Pokemon Go, people probably were expecting something else. I feel like Pokemon Rumble is always like the, oh, there's some kind of Pokemon announcement coming up. And then it's like, oh, it's Pokemon Rumble. But from when I've played a Pokemon Rumble, it's actually pretty fun. I played the the 3DS release. I think that one was maybe th- free to play or something for a certain number of chapters. So I, I put a little time into that game and I and I enjoyed it. Um, but I haven't sat down and actually played like a full Pokemon Rumble yet. There's a WiiWare one, I think, but unfortunately I believe that ga- that game, well, I know WiiWare is gone. Um, so I, I unfortunately don't own a copy of that game. Um, maybe someday, maybe one day I'll put some time into it, but I guess it's just kind of interesting that I feel like Nintendo was, was kind of, at least, you know, from a, a media perspective was kind of like, oh, these, these guys are coming in and, and, and sweep up. Uh, but for the most part, it's been kind of lukewarm. Um, but again, sounds like they're successful on a lot of their games. So it, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing what's going on with them right now. Um, they just didn't quite make the impact I was expecting them to, or I guess I, or at least what the expectations were for it. Cause I don't know if I would have said, you know, three, four years ago, I had any confidence Nintendo would be successful in the mobile space either. So, and speaking of service-based games, uh, there's also a Final Fantasy XI uh, interview that came out this week with uh, with the director and producer of the game. That was kind of interesting. It's just basically talking about you know the planning to the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI. So this year is the 17th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI. And uh, they, it sounds like they are pretty confident the game's going to stay online until at least the 20th anniversary of the game. Final Fantasy XI has been in this weird state where it's been like, is this game going to shut down anytime soon? Uh, I don't know if anyone really knows, but it sounds like in the last year or so, the subscription numbers have been healthy for what the game is based off like some tweets and stuff I've seen and, and Google translated over the over the course of time. Um, and, and in this interview, I'll link the interview in the the, the article. But basically, they say like there's a there's a consistent loyal user base, and then that loyal user base seems to keep inviting people to come back and play stuff. And then so they're they're kind of pulling in people to um to to play the game with them. Uh, 
And then they're also doing some other stuff in terms of like trying to do user retention after these like return to Vanadeal campaigns where people who used to play the game can play for free. They're basically like people play for free and then they just kind of leave. So they're trying to get them to, to stick around. So I think what's what's most interesting about this uh, this interview in particular is just um, and maybe about almost all Final Fantasy XI interviews for a while now is it, it's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward and, and kind of it always feels like this like genuine like, oh, we know we're on a sinking ship kind of thing, but we're trying to make it work as long as we can. Um, but uh, basically, they just kind of laid out their three-year plan with the the note that like, hey, we basically get budgeted on a year-to-year basis, but uh, uh, there's no guarantee we'll be able to continue to do what they want. But they do want to kind of add in new story content, which is something that was kind of cut off in 2015. In 2015, they were like, oh, here's Rhapsody's of Deal. The story of the game is over but they want to continue to kind of open up more story content. Um, I don't really have a modern context for Final Fantasy XI anymore, so it's hard for me to say much about like the content rollout for that game at this point. Uh, new story is easy to understand at the very least. So, but it sounds like they're they're saying that it's going to be pretty minor stuff overall. It's not going to be like you know new expansion. So keep your expectations in check, kind of thing. Um, but what I thought was also kind of interesting in this article is they kind of talked about uh, the, the staff's history with the project, and that, that a lot of people on the team seem to be, you know, have been working on the game for like ten to twenty years now. And and they kind of talk about like career security at Square Enix and things like that. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> that seems like a very like transparent thing to talk about in an interview. It's just like, hey, we have concerns about the Final Fantasy XI staff still having careers at Square Enix after this game <laughs> shuts down. But it seems like they're trying to take measures to make sure that people get like formed into other teams when that time actually comes. So that's probably good. Uh, and this is this is kind of unrelated to anything else that, that's happening. But the producer on the game, uh, Akihiko Matsui, he uh, you know has been working on Final Fantasy XI pretty much since the game was uh, was originally released. Um, he worked on Chrono Trigger as the director, and then worked on Saga Frontier, Legend of Mana, and then pretty much went to Final Fantasy XI right after that, and has been on that game pretty much the whole time. Uh, the one exception, which I think is kind of fascinating, is uh, when the the whole Final Fantasy XIV kerfuffle happened, where you know that game came out and was kind of a both a critical failure and like a sales failure. He was put on the Final Fantasy XIV team as like the lead combat designer, but as far as I can tell, he was put back on Final Fantasy XI. And so he worked on on the Final Fantasy XIV project from I think like around early 2011 till mid 2012. So I, I wonder if he was actually kind of the and he was the lead combat designer is what he was particularly on Final Fantasy 14. So I, I wonder if he was like the the you know person who was who planned out a lot of the Final Fantasy 14 1.23b stuff. If you don't know, the later game of Final Fantasy 14 1.0, like the the last half of that game had a fairly different combat system than the original 1.0 release. And I actually like that combat system a lot. It was very slow in the way Final Fantasy XI is slow, so I think most people probably wouldn't like it that much. But in terms of like the pacing I'm used to for an MMO, um, uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. And you know, for for their servers being in Japan, it, it made a lot of sense to have that that slower combat because it had to deal with latency and things like that. So I'm curious if that's if he was the one who who worked on that that combat system because what they were doing at the time was basically trying to create 
elements of the Final Fantasy XIV combat system in 1.0 while they're working on Final Fantasy XIV 2.0. But he basically, it seems like he left the Final Fantasy 2.0 project like a year before it actually came out. So, so I'm, I just, I just kind of thinking and pondering. I thought it was kind of an interesting thing, but I have no, no hard facts to back that up. Final Fantasy 14 1.0, man. I, I, oh, I will continue to like that game for no reason. There's also that, like, that Final Fantasy 14 live letter thing, but my, my relationship with Final Fantasy 14 is, like, really bizarre at this point because I think at this point, I know I will never, like, consistently play that game in a meaningful fashion ever again, but I still really like the story <laughs> of Final Fantasy 14. So I'm just like, ugh. I always kind of look at it from afar and, and kind of wish and hope someday I'll get back into it. But I also know when I get back into it, I, I won't, I'll be kind of uh, disappointed. So we'll see. I, I, I need to look into Final Fantasy 14 1.0 uh, revival stuff again. It, it's been a while. I'm curious if anyone's made any progress on that stuff. Uh, I know there's like a private server that was being built out, but it was very far away from actually being uh, in a usable state or anything like that. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, like I said, uh, it'll be Resident Evil 7 or Lost Reavers on stream this week. That'll be Thursday at 7 o'clock Pacific time um, on Twitch or YouTube. Uh, I have a No More Heroes quick play stream that's going to be going up this week. And last week I had a Snowboard Kids 2 quick play stream. So if you like Snowboard Kids 2 or if you like, if you like kart racers, Snowboard Kids 2 is a really cool kart racer. So, well, snowboarding racer. But, but it's basically a kart racer. <laughs> it's basically a Mario Kart game where you go downhill the whole time. Uh, Tony Hawk's downhill jam. No. <laughs> um, um, so, so that's up there. And then, uh, and then also there's a weekend quick hits post this week. Basically talk a little bit about, uh, Mr. Love. New game from the Love Nikki team that has some interesting concepts in it. And then also, a couple of talks about uh, Oninaki, that, that's new Square Enix game, just kind of my... I have a weird uh, relationship with that game where I think it'd be very interesting to play, but I, I don't know if I'll ever play it, mainly because of the camera angle. Um, there's nothing wrong with the camera angle, I just... I think I'm always more interested in like fully 3D games rather than like isometric 3D games. It's silly. It is very silly. But uh, I mean, I like Crystal Chronicles though, so I can't say too much. I think it's a very minor nitpick that might keep me from picking that game up. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see. Otherwise though, OneController.com is the website. And that's going to be it. Thank you for your time. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.